Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, a one-stop shop for all the pop culture you may have missed this week. Throughout the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network, I'm your host, Keith B. Cleveland. And I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. How's it going for you, Victoria? You doing good? I am doing all right. I am still. I know the last time that all three of us were together, we dropped the C2E2 news, and I'm still got a little adrenaline going from that. So I get to see you in real life for the first time in like three weeks from this recording and that's exciting i know right it's very fun when that moment happens for sure i'm looking forward to it too i know also we may have spoken about this on the show we're going to be playing D at some point throughout that weekend i just Ooh. got done customizing my character for that so like that's very exciting and everything but also i'm more excited in fact that like we're here because i know that we have that episode with all three of us a couple weeks ago but like this is like i feel like getting back in the swing of things with the routine and how things used to be before we took the highest and all that stuff so i've missed this and the people and the talking about stuff and everything so i'm excited to get back into it yeah so i'm going to give you just a heads up for your episode with mikkel next week because the game show has gotten harder i think the game show has gotten harder i scratched by with a win last week but it was rough it was real rough (laughs) so basically mikkel turned it up some huh oh yeah absolutely 100 (laughs) percent I think at this point we learned that Mad Libs is more a game with just like context clues and like yeah. world novels. Like Slumdog Millionaire. We're just putting things together <laughs> based on random life experience that we've yeah. had and we hope that we can be right. 100% that is how I feel. But what have you got for us this week? To start us off, Netflix just announced that they're partnering with Microsoft to support a cheaper ad-supported version of the app. And I think that the idea is that it's going to this version that will eventually be like $9.99 a month, which is good, even though you think about it, there was once a time where Netflix itself was like seven bucks a month and it was what it was. But like that's the whole topic in and of itself that we get into in a moment. After that, ESPN Plus is now actually going to have a nearly 50% increase in cost. I think it's actually 43% when you do the math. Instead of costing $6.99 a month, it's going to jump up to $9. 99 or if you do the annual fee it's going to jump from being $69 a year to $99 a year Apple is currently the favorite to go ahead and get NFL Sunday ticket on its service after DirecTV's license for that product leaves. And then lastly, Spotify just bought an app called Hurdle that I've been playing pretty well regularly for an undisclosed amount of money. And it'll still be free and everything. You go to the web browser and everything. But just for background on this stuff. So back when Wordle was a thing and like blew up because you wouldn't have anything else to do and it was very fun. And the New York Times bought Wordle, but then everyone stopped playing it, myself included. Uh, we all would like move on to some of the other apps that came on a lot in that same realm right and hurdle was one of those and hurdle was great because essentially it would give you like four opportunities to play up to 30 seconds of a song and then you get to guess what that song is by typing in the name of the artist or the name of the song itself and like you either like wake up and you feel like really cool it's like yeah i recognize that song in 0.2 seconds or you're sitting there like 35 like 25 seconds in like i've never heard this in my life or the worst possible outcome i've heard this i know the words i don't know the title or who made it right but it's a very fun thing so I'm assuming whoever made that game got a bunch of money and stuff too. But like, tell back to like the early part of this top segment with the Netflix news, with the Microsoft thing, and also the ESPN Plus news on the counteract of that. Like, in your opinion, do you think that streaming is getting more or less convenient? I feel like we got two examples here of that. Uh, I think 
I think that I could do a whole soapbox, as per usual, on just late-stage capitalism in general. But I think one of the things that we've talked about before in this space is the idea of kind of like cable packages and the, the thought that perhaps everyone would get more. The companies, the audience members, everybody would get more if we were to see some bigger bundles. And we're starting to see that a little bit. Like, I think right now you can do, like, Hulu, Disney, and ESPN, and I think there's one more in that bundle that you can get together. But I think that while individually it is getting more convenient when you look at it from a global perspective, like a big picture perspective, it, it's not more convenient. So, for example, Apple, they have a lot of pretty decent shows. I can't even begin to engage with that because there's so many other things that I have that I'm already engaging with. And the idea of adding another thing to that is just like I just I just can't and so people are kind of forced to pick their favorites which might not even be their favorites see Netflix <laughs> which people just dog on even though they still have it or still still grab it off a friend like I I just I I don't think that this individual model that we're seeing is is going to be practical going forward. And with that, we shall move on to your segment so I can take a breather. Yeah. I'm a little rusty. <laughs> That's all right. I got you. I can talk a lot about this segment because it's basically Halloween time. Is it also July? Yes. That's still Halloween time. Just <laughs> Halloween in go July. With me. It's not that Halloween is in July, it's just that once you're past July 4th, it's now acceptable to be spooky time. And then spooky time goes all the way through like half of November. And then you You have like like some little blips of other things. You really sound like me and Christmas. No, that's, that's fair. And you know, we all have our thing and this is, this is my thing. So it's Halloween time. Anyway, it's Halloween time. And There are several horror items, including something with 50 Cent producing, I guess, which is cool. Um, And then several games that I couldn't even watch the trailers for. uh, Because we know that Victoria, while incredibly spooky, is like, we're at like Coco level of spooky, all right? Like, I need some camp in it. I need some kind of like outrageousness, some over-the-topness. That is my level of spookiness. And I've got two new movies that are upcoming that fit that, that are either super campy or just outrageous enough to make my ghoulish heart cackle. So the two that I've got for you today are a new Monsters movie um, by Rob Zombie, which is both perfect And also a little bit like what is going on, because I don't think that what people associate with Rob Zombie necessarily is the very kind of family-friendly 
monsters because that's what the original sitcom was. It was it was very family friendly. It was just like, what if we took a regular family sitcom, but all of them were quote unquote monsters. And so all of the jokes and stuff were in that same very, very PG vein, uh, which is not what most of the media we get from Rob Zombie is. Uh, I love Rob Zombie, but that's kind of like a weird pairing in some ways, but in some ways not, because Rob Zombie has always talked about how the Munsters and the Adams Family and those types of things really affected and influenced him growing up, and apparently he's been chasing this movie for 20 years, so he is super excited about it, Um, and we finally got a teaser trailer, but also... Uh, Rob Zombie's Instagram has kind of become like a behind the scenes so you can go and see like blueprints and and costume design and all sorts of things on his Instagram and it's going to have so many cool things. We don't know a lot about the plot uh, but we do know that we are back on Mockingbird Lane and we have a bunch of different people in of note We have a couple of returning cast members from the original sitcom, and also Cassandra Peterson, the one and only Elvira, is going to not be Elvira and going to be in this movie, so I'm super excited about that. We don't have a release date yet, but it is going to be released in theaters and streaming on Peacock simultaneously because of when production wrapped, people are hoping for this Halloween, hopefully. That would be really cool. The other one that I have for you is Day Shift, which I think fits for me a little bit more in a zombie land kind of genre where it is not intended to be campy, but I think it is going to go more kind of like cult classic than traditional horror kind of gore film. And... (laughs) This stars Jamie Foxx, Snoop Dogg, because why not, Dave Franco, Megan Good, amongst a bunch of other talented actors and actresses, and it is about a pool cleaner, Jamie Foxx, who is also a vampire hunter, and he needs to make some money, so he needs to rejoin his union and go vampire hunting, and Snoop Dogg's like, yeah, let's do this, and I feel like Part of the reason why this is going to be kind of that cult classic thing is because of Snoop Dogg, because I don't think, like, his character is not going to be named Snoop Dogg, right? I would assume, no. And yet, I don't think anyone is going to remember what his character's name is. They're just going to be like, oh, it's Snoop Dogg fighting vampires. And so I'm super excited for that. It's coming out on August 12th on Netflix. Just okay, let's just go on and lead back on the fact that this is July. <laughs> just before I go on about this, um, so like as you would expect, I'm actually really looking forward to one of these, and the other one not at all. Okay. I think you could probably guess which is which. Okay. So starting right. with the one I'm looking forward to, I actually looked at the trailer for Day Shift like two or three times already. Like I don't know yeah. why, but like vampires have kind of always been my exception. One of my very 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 few exceptions <laughs> to me not liking horror things. I think it's because vampire content tends to go like in a number of very small directions and one of those being like action movie right like like there was some movies when I was growing up or even TV shows like Blade or Buffy Mm -hmm. or Angel where like it wasn't as much about the vampires they were more so like 
the vehicles to tell the plot or whatever and stuff. Like, yeah, that works for me mostly. But there's still some I'll never even touch, like with a 10-foot pole. But I love how when you went through the cast here, in my mind, I also inserted Snoop Dogg's cowboy hat in, like, machine gun. Because yeah. the scene in the trailer, throughout the entire oh, trailer, when you see Snoop Dogg, he's wearing a cowboy hat, by the way, just... in case you haven't seen it. Yeah, and that, yeah, that that machine gun is just, that is Quentin Tarantino levels of ridiculous. Like, just unnecessary, but I'm here for it. Oh, same. Like, I'm like, I'm, even if the movie is bad, what I'll probably do is get together with a couple of friends and have some drinks and be like, all right, let's just watch this movie and just enjoy it, right? Because matter of fact, I did that last night with Wanted. I rewatched that for the first time in a decade. I'm like, oh, this is not as good as it was when I was a 16-year-old. Okay, I got you. <laughs> but, like, this is a fun thing to do. Um, so I'm looking forward to that and everything. Like, I, it's going to be a fun movie probably. Cause, um, it also gets me kind of like the vibe of daylight which with that bad movie with will smith in it mm-hmm. with the cop and also the other jamie fox movie i think that was on netflix where he had like a super, has superpowers but like nobody power that, right power yes yeah. well, i enjoyed it never never gonna watch it again but it was fun right so i feel like it's gonna be in that vein so it's gonna be a good time now the one that i'm not looking forward to for a number <laughs> of reasons is the monsters reboot with like rob zombie first of all the like, I didn't really grow up watching horror at all, but I did, when I was th- 13 years old, start watching the movie The Devil's Rejects with my dad. Okay. And I lasted 10 minutes before I left and went to my room. But the worst part about it is, the TV room was next to my bedroom. So even though I was in my room, I could still hear it, hear everything, and I just couldn't escape it. It was a terrible experience for me, right? Because if you've seen that movie, you know it opens on some stuff. Um, but also, like, so the Munsters and the Addams Family, actually, because they're very similar in that sense, yeah. both were shows in products that confused me as a child because <laughs> I would watch them and I would go so like is it scary or is it funny I don't know oh. how to feel about this so I just like wouldn't watch it because it made me feel uncomfortable and confused and I just kind of <laughs> stayed with that my entire life so like I'm gonna let y'all handle that one but like I'm gonna be sitting over here watching Day Shift and then going to watch like Steven Universe or Craig of the Creek to like as a palate cleanser gotcha I will put out there that the Munsters has received this new movie for anyone who is either a Rob Zombie fan and wondering how that's going to work, or a Munsters fan and being like, whoa, Rob Zombie, uh, it has received a PG rating. So it is going to be more on that family-friendly side. So if that, if that changes you, I feel like what needs to happen is that we need to get together in November, and then I get 24 hours, and you get 24 hours, and I do a 24-hour, like, spooky, campy movie marathon with you. And then you do a 24-hour, like, Christmas marathon with me. I actually would love that. It. Yes, I am all for it. I'm a black girl <laughs> problem. Switch dream coming to you soon. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. That's what we're going to do. For charity. We'll figure that out. <laughs> for charity. I like this plan. Uh, all right. With that, a break? Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a break, and we'll come back and talk about some reality TV. So recently, I realized how much my like TikTok algorithm tells me about myself <laughs> because I legit saw a TikTok about one of these topics like this morning and didn't pay any mind and then came time to work on the show. I'm like, oh yeah, let's talk about that. So like, as we know, reality TV is a genre that always has and still does 
work because of drama like on camera though what we often don't hear about too much is like behind the scenes drama and the reason why I like TikTok I know the part of this is because I've gotten multiple videos in the past couple of days about like Jersey Shore season 2 drama it's going into that like behind the scenes drama today we got a couple scandals that have come up that I feel like we're talking about because while we think the nerds come in all different shapes and sizes and interests like reality TV nerds are also a very big conglomerate right so let's give them some love here so starting us off Big Brother season 20 is currently airing and it's being called out by former house guests and fans and even apparently like anonymous people who work on the show for bullying and targeting of a black contestant named Taylor Hale. And there's a good possibility that this whole bullying may be in retaliation to last season, season 23, because there was a group of black house guests who started to call themselves or be called by the public the cookout collector or something along those lines. And basically meaning that they were just kind of like working together collaboratively to have each other's back for like moral support reasons, but also a strategy was involved in that part as well for a number of reasons. And at this point, I'll actually pull up the article now so I can read the quote. There's actually point, a point in the show that was caught on camera because, you know, there are cameras everywhere in the entire house and stuff where one of the current contestants said that, but for a number of reasons, actually, there were a number of complaints. One of them was that there were people who instantly met Taylor and said they didn't like her from the moment that they saw her. They referred to her as aggressive for no real reason. They worried that she's going to get a tamper tantrum and she doesn't get her way. And at one point, one of the contestants said, here's a quote, two black people on the block at my end of the week would look bad for them. And then someone else said in response, like put that aside America needs to put that aside referencing like that whole situation that happened there and that's concerning to the point where people who were indeed that collective in season 23 have come out with their own statements on social media essentially saying that one, you can kind of see that this is why we made this collective in the first place because it's very, very easy for people of color to come on shows like this or environments like this and be ostracized and left on the outskirts or even be straight up targeted or bullied, right? And they also went on to say, like, look, if what we did has any kind of ramification on this, we apologize. And that was honestly my first reaction when I heard about the situation because this seemed to be another situation of where when disenfranchised people do something well, the course correction by the other side is like ridiculous and an overcorrection for lack of a better word. And then for the next topic, we actually have some drama coming out from Netflix's Love is Blind. So a contestant on the season two, on the latest season of Love is Blind on Netflix named Jeremy Hartwell apparently sued Netflix and the production company behind the show for a number of reasons. One of them being labor law violations and unfair pay. And the reason behind that is because in the court of the lawsuit, Jeremy claims that contestants were offered $1,000 a week but they were also working 20 hour days and because the producers and directors of the show were based in California these people on the show weren't hired independent contractors even though the film season was filmed here in Chicago where I am or like somewhere else but mostly in Chicago in reality they should have been paid like California workers where the minimum wage is $15 an hour well when you do math and like $1,000 a week and 20 hour days and average it all out they were getting about $7 per hour and then on top of that at least according to the lawsuit they were being deprived of food and water but also being given copious amounts of alcohol and it took him days to after he was off of the show to deal with the ramifications of that like from a physical and mental and emotional standpoint and also for context Jeremy is one of the people who on the show who, and for the premise of Love is Blind, is where like a bunch of people don't see each other at all, but they go in like kind of a speed dating format where they're behind a wall and just talk to the people, get to know them on a personal level, but don't see what they look like. And the catches, or one of the many catches, I should say, are if you don't make a connection in that first round, you don't continue on to the show. And you honestly might not even be caught on camera at all because why would they waste time when like you didn't make it anywhere? Jeremy's one of those people. So in response, surprise, surprise, Netflix came out and just threw all the shade, implying that Jeremy was just upset that he didn't get to go onto the show. And everything and didn't get to see success from it and all that kind of stuff yeah i mean i have i have 
several kind of nitpicky thoughts, but I think the more important is my overall thought, which is this is reality TV. It's in the name. So both of these things to me are very, very representative of our society, right? So everything that you were saying about kind of how race works in the United States absolutely applies to the Big Brother deal. And and I think that it is another one of those things that, that if we turned it around and we had one white cast member and a house full of people of color who was saying, oh, I got bullied, there would be no question. And in fact, that show probably wouldn't get, wouldn't get shot. Like most of the, the shows, the kind of reality TV documentary type shows that we have that have fewer white folks on them are when those white folks are the host talking about the people of color not actually engaging on the same level um and and so i just i mean i don't don't know how much there is to say about this other than yep it is a function of our society and if you don't like it then you probably should help change society and that's how i feel about the the wage thing as well i don't think that any of this I believe it because this is what I would have told you was happening from jump, right? The idea that we are trying to get these contestants incredibly drunk, uh, incredibly impaired so that when they are having, we're going to have the most amount of drama, right? We're going to, it's not about giving people a chance to have a love connection because that would mean less alcohol is involved. Right, so the only reason to do this is for drama. That is, we've seen that for forever, and we've had we've had plenty of people on plenty of other shows that are similar, and some that aren't. Just saying, hey, they were giving us alcohol all the time. It was just a steady stream of alcohol, so that doesn't surprise me at all. And neither really does the wage thing, because my guess is that it would have been advertised as like make a thousand dollars a week which sounds pretty great it's is more than a lot of people make i would i would go out on a limb and say that's more than most people make certainly more than i make in a week right and so that sounds really cool and unless you actually do the math to do that breakdown you think in that oh i got a thousand dollars this week that's awesome not I just made $7 an hour, which is not as awesome. So it kind of depends on how you say it, and that's that's why, that's why we phrase things in certain ways, right? It's to avoid that. So, so it doesn't surprise me at all. Do I think that two things can be true and this could be like a disgruntled contestant? Yeah, absolutely. doesn't mean it didn't happen, and all of this sounds like standard practice and sounds like things that we've heard about other similar reality shows before, so... It sucks. We should be a better society. So with that, I'm going to move into our lightning round so that we can talk about more nerdy stuff, mostly fiction stuff, so that we aren't talking about our society anymore. Let's see what we've got in our patented, not patented lightning round. 
The animated Star Trek show Lower Decks, one of my favorite Star Treks, if I'm honest, is returning for season three. It will be out August 25th on Paramount+. Plus. Yes, new Star Trek. There's also a new anime movie called Drifting Home that's coming to Netflix. It seems to have great animation, music, a plotline that's definitely going to make you feel too many feels, and a bunch of scenes which defy the laws of physics. All of that adds up to good anime in my mind. It's generally about a group of children who are on a floating apartment complex by themselves, no adults, and they are attempting to, as the title suggests, drift home. Feelings ensue. Uh, Also, we got news that Jeff Goldblum has signed on to a dark comedy series, Chaos, in the role of Zeus. I love this. I love this for so many reasons. Uh, And honestly, I'm really not sure how this hasn't happened before. I think that Goldblum could play any of the Greek pantheon, or, hear me out, all of them at the same time. I would watch that. And then finally, the Emmys are coming, and while I am not generally an awards kind of season person, one thing that caught my eye was Quinta Brunson's three nominations. Now this is historic in tons and tons of ways, and I just love Abbott Elementary, which is what these nominations are for. So the nominations themselves are Outstanding Comedy Series, Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series, and Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series. And as someone who would love to get more into writing and things like that, this is just an amazing thing, an amazing role model. Abbott Elementary is amazing if you haven't watched it. Uh, So yeah, that's super exciting, and I wanted to end on that note. If you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news, feel free to tweet us at BlackNerdProblems with the hashtag TWINN. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture updates. I'm your host, Victoria Routine. And I'm your host, Keith Wee Cleveland. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have a good one, everybody.